Hey, everybody. Today on the Charlie Kirk Show, we have Colonel Douglas McGregor and Pastor Mark Burns. It is a phenomenal episode. We talk Ukraine, Russia, the black vote, Trump, and more. Uh, you're going to love this episode. Email me, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com and get involved with Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. That is tpusa.com. Become a member to listen to this episode advertiser-free at members.charliekirk.com. That is members.charliekirk.com. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Noble Gold Investments is the official gold sponsor of The Charlie Kirk Show a company that specializes in gold IRAs and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. Joining us now is a great man and a good friend, Pastor Mark Burns. How you doing, man? Happy to be here, Charlie. Yeah, you... uh, you were just with the president. You were like on tour. It was yeah. like the Rolling Stones there in South Carolina. The band bringing the band back, back together again. I love it. So first, introduce yourself to the audience. You, you have a huge platform. You do great work for the country and the kingdom. Well, you know, um, Charlie, God has, uh, gave me favor with President Trump, um, his family, his team. Um, Time Magazine labeled me as Trump's top pastor. And so uh, Yahoo News gave me, uh, uh, labeled me as one of the 16 people to shape the 2016 presidential election. And I've been just preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, fighting any policies that are contrary to the word of God and been an echo uh, and a voice to President Trump's ear concerning his faith, his walk with the Lord. Uh, and to know that without a shadow of a doubt, we cannot he cannot leave this nation without the hand of God over his life. And Amen. so it's just been a battle after battle. But there need to be more and more people standing up for truth. Do, do you believe the hand of God is on Trump? Without question, Charlie. I mean, there's zero reason for any person to have been attacked the way he's been attacked and to survive every attack that has hit him and still come out on top. These indictments, the foolish uh, Russian collusion, um, way back when he was running, the whole um, you know uh, um, video, that the hot mic comment that was made, right? Um, all these things that should have taken anybody out, just one of those incidents, they would have resigned or dropped out of the race all it's done is popularly, uh, make Donald Trump more popular yeah. to American people related to him. And so here oh, we are. Oh, I, I agree. I, th- I think the hand of God is totally on him, but what he's been through and what he continues to fight for. So you were just on tour with him in South Carolina <laughs> yeah. at the Black Conservative Federation event. Yeah. Did I get that right? Very powerful. Yes. Yeah. Tell us all about this. And I'm seeing more and more evidence, and I want you to lead us through this, that black voters can tilt in Trump's direction in historic ways. 100%. Charlie, I mean, you see this happening throughout America. Black, especially black men. I mean, it is a real 911 issue for Democrats, and they are afraid. They are they're beginning to cower mm. because they're seeing that black men are resonating with Donald Trump. And I don't care 
what um, some of these black talking heads on MSNBC and Al Sharpton and, says you're not black. Yeah, Al Sharpton. You know, you, see, all, you know, and, and, and you know, we got a clip of that. But keep going. <laughs> you know, saying those things. Um, the reality of it is, uh, black people are tired uh, of, of having given a monopoly to the Democratic Party without any change. And right now, black people are wising up, and they're saying, "Listen, we're not going to vote just for a party." We want you to vote for our interests, and that's where Donald Trump is coming. That's why you're seeing a large number, and the black Confederate, uh, the black, uh, uh, I said black Confederate, because there were some real black Confederates too. That's a whole other conversation. I probably just got in trouble, but I it's pl- true. I, I plead the fifth on <laughs> It's that. the truth, and I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not Uncle Tom. That's just facts, right? And so that's a whole other conversation. But the reality the of the black conservative federation. Con- conservative. <laughs> Federation, Charlie Kirk. I'm in trouble already. And I just got here. Uh, I think I got the name right. I'm not making anything up. You right? got it right. Okay. Conservative Federation. Uh, <laughs> and so you saw it was a it was a massive crowd. It was huge of of black conservatives in South Carolina, in my state. Uh, I had spoke at the Trump rally that afternoon in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Rocked the house with Tim Scott and uh, Byron, uh, Congressman Byron, and 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 Marjorie Taylor Greene, and myself. And so then after that event, we rushed to Columbia to go to the uh, to the to the Black Conservative Federation, and it was a powerful movement. And see Donald Trump, and he called my name out. He honored me as he has been doing at some of his rallies to tell people, "Hey, this guy's been here from day one. He's my guy." And let's go and win America. So you mentioned black men. What, what what can you how can you describe the difference between black men and black women and why black men are tilting Republican, not as much black women? Why do you think that? Is? Well, Charlie, because for 400 years, there's been a two tier justice system to black men, particularly to black men. Right. Black men have been fighting the system. And now we see and I hate to hear people like Reverend Sharpton and others who are. Who are, who are who are denying the fact that black men are seeing themselves in Donald Trump. They see that there is a real two-tier system, uh, and they are saying, hey, that's been happening to me. Hey, that's been happening to my uncle. Hey, that happened to my father. Hey, that's the same thing that's and if they doing it to Don if they doing it to Donald Trump, then my God, we have no, 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 no uh, a chance uh in America. And so it is and so God is using Donald Trump to expose this thing. Right. They are creating laws. They are indicting this man for some frivolous things, uh, foolish things. But yet they're trying to do whatever it takes to just simply get Trump. And so black men are seeing themselves. But not only that, the economic empowerment. Right. I mean, you got to understand black men desire to leave their families. That's one of the, the ploys of the Democratic Party is to remove the black father out of the home. And if you destroy the black father, you start to destroy black legacies. You just start to destroy black economic empowerment. Donald Trump says, listen, I'm not coming to fight for no one race. I'm not coming to raise up one particular race. I'm not fighting just for the black community. I'm fighting for anyone, any race, anybody that is an American citizen that if the tide rises, all of the boats rise with them. And that includes those in the black community. And black people are seeing that. They're tired of Democrats' lies and constantly promising things that never come to pass just by simply supporting the Democratic Party. Donald Trump is changing that. Al Sharpton says, uh, you aren't black. Play cut seven. Why would black Americans relate to Donald Trump there? I don't understand the connection. Well, first of all, let's be clear. Donald Trump is using the stereotype of blacks being criminals, and therefore we would gravitate towards somebody in a mugshot. 
But now he's a symbol of being persecuted. He's being persecuted by black prosecutors, a black woman judge in uh, the federal court in Washington, D.C. And any shameless blacks that are standing there applauding him needs to check the facts. You're shameless. Yeah. Well, uh, Reverend Sharpton, again, um, clearly doesn't know my black father. Clearly doesn't know my black grandfather who just passed, my great-grandfather, my great-great-grandfather, who all black. The strong black lineage of being born in South Carolina. I don't know. I know he's from up north, but I am from South Carolina, right? It is the state that seceded from the north. I know what real racism is, and it's most definitely not Donald Trump, but the reality of it is there is a higher crime and violence amongst our people. There is a higher crime of of of, of, of us, black community, uh, in prisons. And it's not because we're just black. It's because of a lack of opportunities that when you have people like Al Sharpton who are constantly speaking race and race baiting and focusing on emotionalism and not policies, then you're going to continue to get the same thing that we're always getting, and that is People who are fighting emotionalism and not dealing with policy. Listen, Donald Trump is the blackest president that we've ever had in the history of the United States of America. And I mean that by policies. I'm not talking about the color of his skin. I'm talking about the fact that this man has introduced money to HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. And that's why black men are resonating to him. I'm talking about the fact that opportunity zones were created to bring in businesses into low income communities. A lot of them, Charlie, are black communities. So black people are valid in certain areas of America, not because we're just valid people, because we're fighting over scraps. But if you can convince white Americans who own companies uh, who can create position, uh, create jobs or even black owners that can come into low income territories, build their facilities, build their plant, their businesses, create jobs within those communities. Right. Then you are raising the tide in all communities. That's what Donald Trump is all about. But the, and we're not even talking about the criminal reform bill that he did not get credit for. Van Jones gave everybody credit, but Donald Trump, right? The one that pushed the thing through, right? So these are the real factual things that are happening. And, 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 and Reverend Sharpton is talking about emotionalism and not policy. The fact of the matter is black people do resonate. And for, to call me uh, shameless and to call me, uh, listen, I'm voting for my interests, my brother. I'm voting for my interests. I'm voting for my children. I'm voting for my cousins, my nephews, my black nephews, my black family members to realize that we need to be in America that will that will do what Dr. King said. And that is that not just me for the color of my skin, but for the content of my character, the type of person I am and the person I'm becoming. My hard work should be rewarded in America and not be blocked by the color of my skin. That's what char- uh, that's what uh, Turning Point is doing. I'm going to say that what you guys are doing you. again, I'm going to say that you guys are are, are fighting a, a critical race theory yes, at a day. level that people don't even understand right and, and to be honest with you until we have more and more people to recognize that we're simply killing ourselves shooting ourselves in our own foot yes. and not realizing that our real enemy charlie is coming from the gates of hell lucifer yes, satan and until we begin to attack that we will always lose amen Hey everybody, Charlie Kirk here. What an unbelievable start to 2024. We had last month saving babies with preborn by providing ultrasounds. And we're doing again this year what we did last year. We're going to stand for life because remaining silent in the face of the most radically pro-death administration is not an option. As Sir Edmund Burke said, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And we're not going to do nothing. Your gift to preborn will give a girl the truth about what's happening in her body so that she can make the right choice. $280 can save 10 babies. $28 a month can save a baby a month all year long. 
And a $15,000 gift will provide a complete ultrasound machine that will save thousands of babies for years and years to come. And will also save moms from a lifetime of pain and regret. Call 833-850-2229. That's 833-850-2229. Or click on the preborn banner at charliekirk.com. That is charliekirk.com and click on the preborn banner. Also save moms from a lifetime of pain and regret. I'm a donor of this organization. They're terrific. Go to charliekirk.com, click on the preborn banner. So I want to play a piece of tape here. Uh, it's cut 58, CNN, reacting to what you similar what you just said. Play cut 58. Can you get more insulting? Do you, do you really think that people like you because you were indicted, because there is some suggestion that's being made here that people see themselves in you? He's just like me. I, too, have been indicted. That discrimination and all that accompanies it can be reduced to what your experience has been. Your reaction to that, that was kind of a word salad from CNN. Well, uh, again, this is a person that is fighting emotionalism, not facts. I mean, the reality of it is, look at the numbers, right? Black men are supporting Donald J. Trump for president of the mm-hmm. United States of America. It is in the data. I don't care how many times you want to placate to discrimination. And listen, let's just be clear. Let me be, let me be controversial here. The, uh, you know, racism is not just about the color of your skin, right? Racism is about the haves and the have-nots. Right. The reality of it is go back to 1994, the, the, the Rwanda genocide. Right. The Hutus and the Tutsis. Yes, that's right. right. They killed each other. One million black men and women and children were killed within 30 days. It is about the haves and the have nots. The reality of it is this lady is talking about, yes, I'm discriminated by the color of my skin. And let's be clear. That has been that is factual. That has happened in America. It is clear that those things have happened. We're not ignoring them. But the reality of it is she's trying to ignore the fact that black men are, are, are incapable of, of, of looking at Donald Trump a billionaire, former president of the United States of America, and to simply say that people cannot connect to him because they are recognizing a two-tiered justice system in this ma- in this nation, a two-tiered injustice system in this nation, how they are unjustly, unjustly, excuse me, coming after Donald Trump simply for his political stance, the number one Republican, uh, the, the future Republican nominee, and we believe the 47th president of the United States of America, that's, 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 that is, preposterous for her to say that black people are resonating look at the numbers i just left atlanta tell us about that i just left atlanta atlanta is democrat ground zero speaking with a well-known what 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 one of reverend al sharpton's proteges uh dr jamal bryan who is a is a is a protege of reverend al sharpton i just did his show his podcast right that says let me be clear and the reality of it is in those conversations in the heart of atlanta in the heart of democrat ground zero after the interview many of the uh, of the producers and those that were in the audience walked up to me privately and said pastor i had no idea that that was happening. And you're absolutely right that we are not 100% behind Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. We are tired of people using us simply for the color of our skin and not fighting for our interests. That's what Donald Trump is doing. That Donald Trump is the only one talking about creating black owned businesses in America. Donald Trump is the only one talking about we need to close that border because it's mm. affecting low income families, it's particularly it's affecting black people in America. Donald Trump is the only one talking about making sure that we are creating streams of revenue and creating economic empowerment and, 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 and teaching a financial literacy within low income communities in America. So to continuously use these type of a rhetoric uh, on her end, she is the true Uncle Tom. 
She's a true slave master. You know, they use black slavers to keep black people in check. Right. So, you know, the history of that. So they will go find black men. I'm not allowed to talk about. That. Well, yeah. <laughs> well but, and let me just say this. The fact that no, that's a lie because no, fact I, is fact. No, the devil I, is a liar. I, 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 and know, I don't give a rat's crap who that offends. The reality of it is truth is truth. And it can't be based off of the color of skin. Matter of fact, at the church event that I'm going to today, yeah. I am going to say that to my white pastors. You need to stop hiding behind the color of your skin. The word of God is your authority. And so when you speak it, you speak with power and forget none of this nonsense. And I don't care if they counsel you you can't counsel god you can't counsel the messiah you can't counsel the holy spirit and so i want to i want to ask this um so we're seeing momentum in the black community and oh by the way here is uh, uh president trump cheering you on we found the clip wonderful 59 a man who i really like and he's a hell of a pastor i can tell you that pastor mark burns mark where are you where's mark burns he's he's a great guy there you go. <laughs> I love him. He's a dear friend. Yeah, he's he's a special person, and uh, he's fighting for all of us. And so we're, we're seeing real movement in the black community. Mm-hmm. So that's legit. That's not 100%. just noise. No, it is 100% legit. Again, whether you're in New York or whether you're in South Carolina, whether you're in, 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 in other parts of this nation, you're seeing more and more black people saying, listen, we have the Democratic Party has had a monopoly on the black vote for way mm-hmm. too long. Right. And the reality of it is it was Republicans that 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 freed the slaves. It was Representative Stevens that argued on the floor who was called the radical Republicans who fought for the 13th Amendment to even be passed. Thaddeus Stevenson's. And so the reality of it is it was Democrats who said, no, that should not happen. It should never happen. Matter of fact, these people are not even human. And that same mentality has has went on even when the Democratic Party got a black face to represent it called Barack Hussein Obama. And I know that's going to piss off a lot of people, but it is fact because the reality of it is Barack Hussein Obama did poorly for his community, right? He did not advance us. He took things away. The things that Donald Trump replaced, put back into position, like the funding for HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. Donald Trump fixed that, the problem that Barack Obama took away. So listen, as long as we're going to keep talking about uh, 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 as long as we're going to keep focusing on emotionalism and how, uh, like Joe Biden, clearly uh, it is okay for uh, 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 Reverend Sharpton to say we ain't black because that's the theme within the Democratic Party. Because yep. Joe Biden said the same thing: we ain't black if we voting for Donald Trump. Listen, I'm I'm a proud black man. I'm a proud. I'm a strong proud. Mandingo black man who came from the grounds of Africa, proud of my heritage, proud of who I come from. I am most definitely a black man. And there's no there's no shame about it whatsoever. But I'm saying to you, Charlie, I'm going to challenge you. Don't silence your voice. Don't shut up. Okay. Jesus was Jesus was Jesus was one of the most controversial persons that ever existed on this world. And they crucified him for it. But we know that he rose up again three days later with omnipotent power in his hands. And so I'm telling you, don't silence your voice. Speak thus saith the Lord. Speak the truth. Let your power and authority come from the word of God. And I don't care who 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 that angers. The fact of the matter is until we start talking the factual things within the black community, and have more and more people to come. And I'm going to support you. I'm going to, I'm going to continue Thank to you. say the things that, that are truthful. The president used that for me, and I'm going to do the same Thank for you. you. But don't stop speaking the Thank truth. You. It means a lot. And uh, I, I, I want to just uh, summarize on one topic that I really think is important. 
the border. How mm-hmm. how is is there a lot of chatter in the black community about immigration and the border right now? I don't know if you know of a person by the name of Charlemagne the God. Yeah, I don't like yeah. adding the God. I don't either. I just call him Charlemagne. Uh, Charlemagne, very, right? Very so popular, very New York popular, York breakfast very yeah, club, Breakfast right? Club show, right? And he's a, he's one of the main hosts. I'm not considered the main host of, of the Breakfast Club, but the reality of it is he himself has come out and said, listen, we got to do something with the border. We're not supporting Joe Biden. I mean, this is this is a, this is a problem. That's, he's a big thought leader in 100 politics. Right? And so for him to say that just says that that's part of the heartbeat of America. This lady that was just that you just showed a clip of she she, she missing that. Right. These the, these people are coming over into our border. They are they are It is an active invasion on American sovereignty and it is affecting the skilled worker positions that traditionally went to a lot of black men. But now they're not because we're losing out yeah, on right. illegals who are getting paid under the table and they're not being taxed on. Listen, we need to really not only shut down the border. We need to temporarily we need to make sure that we uh, uh, we need to make sure that we send some people down there to to make sure that people aren't getting in into this nation. That's not a racist thing to do. And so for Charlemagne to say that, that says a lot that's happening within the black community. People want that border shut and it doesn't matter what color you are. Uh, how can people follow you, social media, website, all that good stuff? Charlie, people don't follow me on social media. I am blocked. I am massively oh, right? blocked. Even on I, Twitter? I, I cannot get people to – I need everybody from Turning Point. Listen to me right now. Everybody from Turning Point, at Pastor Mark Burns. You need to break the algorithm because I used to be popular, but I'm not popular anymore. So Twitter, at Pastor Mark Burns. On, on True Social, at Pastor Mark Burns. On Facebook, Pastor Mark Burns. Go out there. Break the algorithm. Please tell please tell uh, uh, Elon Musk to un- block me because I, I don't well, I don't I don't know what's going we'll on we'll get to work on that uh, you're about to speak to our, our big audience yes so bring bring it down it's going to do right uh they're they're really terrific people praise god to it so god bless you man thank, thank you my you. brother the world is in flames and bidenomics is a complete and total disaster but it can't and won't ruin my day why because i start my day with a hot america first cup of blackout coffee it's 100 percent america and zero percent grift Blackout Coffee is 100% committed to conservative values. From sourcing the beans to the roasting process, customer support, and shipping, they embody true American values and accept no compromise on taste or quality. Look, you got to check out right now blackoutcoffee.com slash charlie or use coupon code charlie for 20% off your first order. That is blackoutcoffee.com slash charlie. Be awake, not woke. That's blackoutcoffee.com slash charlie. Check it out. Promo code charlie. So who would ever think that the CIA has active bases in Ukraine? Well, that's right. Joining us now is Colonel Douglas McGregor. Uh, he is part of OurCountryOurChoice.com. That is Our Country. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Our Country, Your Choice. Well, I guess it's the same way. The Y can go both ways. OurCountryOurChoice.com. Colonel, welcome back to the program. Hi, good to see you, Charlie. So <laughs> how, uh, unpack this New York Times article. It's not too big of a shock for you. But it seems like there's a drip campaign that the CIA is actively involved on the ground in Ukraine. Well, it's interesting that uh, the Central Intelligence Agency allowed this to be leaked through the New York Times. They they do that uh, when they feel it's useful. Uh, they played a major role, as you know, in installing uh, the current government in power in 2014 and have been actively involved in Ukraine ever since, essentially instigating war with Russia. Uh, so while you had the massive Conventional military buildup on one side. You've had the CIA on the uh, counterintelligence and, uh, frankly, uh, terrorist side trying to create and cultivate trouble inside Russia itself. Hasn't worked very well. 
But it was interesting to see that these bases were identified from which they could launch their campaigns. And at the same time, uh, one wonders why the CIA would do this. And normally when they do it, it's out of desperation. And I think that's where we are. Uh, The CIA is acutely sensitive to the fact that the Ukrainians have lost the war. The place is falling apart. The government is an empty facade. And enough people on the Hill have figured it out that they don't want to waste any more money on the proposition. So you say that uh, the, the war is effectively over. You know, Zelensky is doing his best to push back against that. Can you just give us some of the data from the ground that reinforces your argument that this this war is effectively over? And does that mean you think Russia will take the capital? Well, remember that uh, when the Civil War ended in the United States, there was still uh, skirmishing and fighting that went on in various places for another 14 or 15 months. We normally date the end of the Civil War to Lee's surrender, but in fact, it was still still fighting. What you have going on in Ukraine is somewhat similar. Right now, there are 110,000 Russian troops that are headed north and west from Kupyansk. And presumably, they're going to go up and, and take control of Kharkov. And at the same time, you've got about 90,000 troops that are on their way into Dnipro. Dnipro is a city right on the Dnieper. The bridges are intact, and this would allow them to cross very easily and head south to take Odessa. So I think the handwriting is on the wall. <clears throat> the Ukrainian armed forces have effectively fallen apart. They've now admitted to more than 500,000 dead. A new figure was cited to me earlier this morning of 520,000 dead, probably higher, at least 500,000 wounded. And that means that you probably have a million wounded. And most recent reports coming out suggest that there's chaos and terror inside Ukraine because the government in Kiev is using the secret police to essentially keep people in line and executing anybody that shows any interest in ending the war. It's a pretty grim situation. It's it's the end. Ukraine is effectively on its way out. It's going it's, it's gone with the wind, you might say. Yeah. And so you, it's amazing. Ukraine claims they only have 31,000 dead Ukrainians. And so. Uh, well, the man standing on a mountain of lies, Charlie. I mean, we, we've been talking about this for months, so over two years. We've never had any truth come out of the place. The CIA and MI6 in London have worked tirelessly to spin out narratives that were fundamentally false in order to sustain the massive influx of cash into the proposition and to make make believe that uh, there was something good happening in Ukraine. There never was. This is a catastrophe for the Ukrainian people. Their nation's being destroyed. This should have stopped months ago, probably should have stopped in March or April of 2022 had we not intervened to, uh, you know, queer the deal and ensure that this thing continued. So, you know, what are we what are we supposed to say at this point? The Russians are going to go forward. They're going to regain the places they said for the very beginning were Russian. That includes Kharkov and Odessa. Real question is the one that you raised. Will they go into Kiev? I don't think they want to. And they certainly don't want to fight in that city because from their standpoint, Kiev is the equivalent of Jerusalem in Orthodox Christianity for Orthodox Christians in Ukraine and in Russia. Well, and once it will happen gradually, then suddenly is what I think is where we're heading towards, is that once this once this starts to thaw, it's going to become a pretty quick mover. I want I want you to respond to Chuck Schumer, who uh, says that uh, Speaker Johnson, the fate of all Ukrainian civilization is on Speaker Johnson. Play cut 61. And so we said to the speaker, get it done. 
I told him this is one of the moments I said I've been around here a long time. It's maybe four or five times that history is looking over your shoulder. And if you don't do the right thing, whatever the immediate politics are, you will regret it. I told him two years from now and every year after that, because really it's in his hands. It's in his hands. Colonel McGregor. Uh, that's, that statement is absurd. First of all, I see no evidence that Chuck Schumer cares what happens to the Ukrainians at, at all. Undoubtedly, he's connected to Zelensky as much as he is to Netanyahu. But those people don't give a damn about uh, the Ukrainian nation or the Ukrainian people. The best thing that can happen for Ukraine is for an immediate ceasefire and a territorial settlement that would allow people to dig themselves out. In the meantime, his friend and co-conspirator Zelensky is selling as much of Ukraine as he possibly can to BlackRock and their subsidiaries. So this is a, just a huge, a huge lie and a misrepresentation of the facts. So I want you to repeat something you've said on our program before. The, the one-liner that Mitt Romney and others will use is that Putin is going to march all the way across Europe. Is there any evidence of that? And what is your response to that argument? Well, let's, let's go all the way back to 2022 when the uh, Russians first intervened in eastern Ukraine. They, they never had more than 90,000 combat troops on the ground. This is certainly the case all the way up through March. When I say combat, I'm talking about direct fire. And the reason was very simple. The Russian military wasn't very large. And then secondly, the goals that, that Putin had were always very limited. He wanted to ensure that the Russians who lived in eastern Ukraine were going to be treated equally before the law and uh, put an end to the oppression that was directed at them. And at the same time, he wanted to have a neutral Ukraine. He didn't want NATO on his border because he was afraid that we would position missiles that could do enormous damage to his own deterrent inside Russia. That was all true then. I think it's still largely true. And today, the Russian military is poised for an 800,000-man plus-up and a mobilization because he's beginning to look at what's happening in the West and he's deciding, I may not have any choice. I may actually have to cross the river and go further West. But as far as a war is concerned, it's the last thing that he wants. He's never wanted it. And, and I don't think we need it. And that's why I question Schumer and others who seem to have done everything in their power to bring it on with Russia when we are absolutely unprepared for it. We're not prepared to fight in the Middle East. We're not prepared to fight in Eastern Ukraine. The, uh, the head of NATO says that Ukraine will eventually join NATO. I mean, if Ukraine still exists as some sort of a country, I want you to respond, Colonel McGregor, to kind of how we have marched NATO eastward. And some of the war hawks in D.C. say, oh, we never made that promise. We never said we weren't going to expand NATO. Can, can you help correct the historical record here? Well, first of all, let's keep in mind that I suppose at some point in, in, in alignment with this expectation that men will have children, that some man someday in some universe will give birth. That's about as uh, that's that's as far as I'll go on this notion of Ukraine joining NATO. NATO will be lucky to survive. In fact, I don't think it will over the long haul. Now, as far as the history is concerned, we can go all the way back to the discussions that were held and the documentation that exists, in which we reassured the Soviets that we would not advance beyond the Oder Neisse. In other words, the border that Germany has today with Poland. We threw that away very, very quickly because Clinton saw value domestically as well as externally in, in expanding the alliance. But I think the most important point was made by Ambassador Burns, 
who is now the director of the CIA. He wrote a memorandum, which you could go on, on uh, you know, the, the computer, you could find it, search for it, read it. And it was said, no means no. And he warned very clearly, absolutely unambiguously, that if we insist on pushing the borders of NATO and, and eventually encompassing Ukraine, which is what was under discussion at the Budap- Budapest conference at the time, the NATO conference, then we would end up at, at war with Russia. He made that very clear. He's the director of the CIA right now inside the administration. So, you know, that was that was unambiguous at that point. We still pressed ahead until we finally got this 2014 coup staged by the CIA that, that rid Ukraine of Yanukovych, who we did not like because we saw him as potentially pro-Russian, not marching Ukraine into NATO. And we've always taken the position, Charlie, that we're omnipotent, that Russia's weak, its economy is fragile, its people don't support its government. We can remove Putin. Come on, think about those things. That's the nonsense that's being repeated ad nauseum. And what do we found out? Russia has an abundance of resources, mineral, agricultural, all of which make Russia a fortress. And on top of that, they have a very large and effective arms industry, a manufacturing base that can turn out equipment faster than we can and turns out in many cases better technology than we do. Russia isn't going anywhere. That was Putin's point in his interview with Tucker Carlson. You know, we were founded, he said, in 932. We've been here ever since. We're not going away. He's right. If anybody's going to leave the area, it'll be us. We don't live in Europe. This was a a capricious, nonsensical attempt by a small minority of people who thought they could bully their way into Ukraine and eventually bring down Russia, strip strip Russia of its resources, and leave it a divided ruin. The opposite has occurred. We're in trouble. Our European allies are in serious economic trouble. We're not going to march anybody into Ukraine at this point. No one wants to fight there. Hey, everybody. Charlie Kirk here. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life. After he invented the world's best pillow, he created the famous Giza Dream Sheets. They are the best sheets you'll ever sleep on. The best night's sleep just got even better. For a limited time, you'll get a queen-size set of $59.98, king-size for just $69.98, the lowest prices in history. Mike and the MyPillow employees continue to be canceled by big box stores and attacked by the media. They appreciate all of your great support during these times. want to thank you by giving you the best specials on all their MyPillow products. To get the best specials ever, go to MyPillow.com or call 800-875-0425. Use promo code KIRK. You get the famous Giza Dream Sheets. Queen size for just fifty nine ninety eight, and king size for just sixty nine ninety eight. You also get sixty percent off the original my slippers. So call eight hundred eight seven five zero four two five or go to mypillow.com, promo code Kirk. That is mypillow.com promo code Kirk. So Colonel, you mentioned you kind of briefly touched on this. I do think it's interesting that the Democrat Party has has just become an overwhelming party of warmongers. How did this happen? It, 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 it never used to be this unanimous. There was always Hillary Clinton that, you know, that was a neocon, but it's just completely taken over the Democrat Party. In, in your analysis, how did this occur? Washington is donor-occupied territory, uh, with very few exceptions in the House and the Senate. I mean, very few exceptions. Uh, donors 
wealthy oligarchs, people with billions of dollars at their disposal who want to shape policymaking in the United States have bought the House and the Senate and the White House. Everyone being appointed, everyone serving right now, with very few exceptions, is what you described. They're part of this uniparty. You know, Victoria Newland was on television uh, over the weekend telling everyone that the $61 billion was great news for the United States because much of that money would go to 40 states where our munitions and, and military equipment was being manufactured. And wasn't that a great thing? There was no discussion of the possibility that we could be end up end up in a major war anywhere or the damage we were doing to humanity with this sort of business. And I think that's what you've got on the Hill. Oh, this is great. We're all going to get rich together. The American people are asleep as long as they don't you know, become the targets themselves. Eh, we can probably get away with anything we want. And so, Colonel, and then in your analysis, it is more money driven or profit driven than even ideological. I think there are some ideological zealots, though, that believe in the continuation of the neoliberal world order. Oh, well, I'm sure that's true. But to a large extent, I think it's an excuse to maintain these uh, bases overseas. And, you know, I was talking to someone earlier and I said, you realize that what we've established all the way around the world and specifically in the Middle East and Europe right now are what I call little Pearl Harbors. All of these forces are exposed in forward positions. We live in a different world today. We can't rapidly reinforce any of them, and all of them can be targeted and destroyed. So what we've got are lots of little Pearl Harbors. Now, that may make some people in Washington happy because they think anything that brings on a broader war will ultimately enrich them. They don't consider the possibility that it could destroy us. And again, all of this comes at the expense of defending our own country, taking care of our own people. And instead, we're trying to figure out how we're going to hand people credit cards or debit cards worth 10,000 bucks that just showed up here. who are committing crimes all over our country. It's, it's one of the most bizarre points in human history that I think I've ever, ever encountered. It's morally twisted at the least. And so the Congress is up for continuation of war funding right now for Ukraine. It probably in some ways going to pass through the House. I mean, the, the warmongers almost always win. Long term, though, to build a movement where we can actually have the people's voice represented. Colonel, I'm sure you you are encouraged, forget D.C., that the American people have shifted their opinion on this war so quickly and so dramatically. Oh, I think so. And, and I think you're absolutely right. Victoria Newland tried to convince everyone that Americans were going to benefit and therefore they were supportive of all this money going to Ukraine. They're not. And they're also beginning to question the massive influx of funds to the Israelis, because what the Israelis are doing now has nothing to do with defense. They're waging a very different campaign for expulsion and murder of, of every Arab that lives in Gaza and potentially will go on to uh, the West Bank. And now they're massing forces to attack Hezbollah. We're on the road to a regional war in the Middle East that we don't want to fight. It's not in our interest. It isn't in the interest of anybody living in the Middle East. So this is not a problem limited to Ukraine. This is a global problem. There is no strategy, Charlie. There's no strategy that says these things are important to us and these other things are not. There's no sense of proportionality. There's no sense of the limitations of our power, the damage to our currency, the weakness, the underlying weakness of the economy. None of that is, is figuring prominently. Everything is opportunistic. And the people on the Hill are voting opportunistically. They're voting for things they think will enrich them. 
but they're going to do enormous damage to us. And they are doing damage to us. Colonel, thank you for your time. Everyone check out OurCountryOurChoice.com. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, Charlie. And thanks for everything you do. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening and God bless. For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.